You're listening to What's in the Box, the Xbox News Reviews, Theories and Conspiracies podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Hutton. Hey, boxers. I'm coming to you live from ApocalypseCon 2019, and in this episode, we're going to be bringing you exclusive and elusive information you just can't get anywhere else. If you like what you hear, be sure to smash that subscribe button, like us on socials, and don't comment on how far behind we are on the YouTube uploads. Today, I'm joined by a Southern debutante who's really good with a wrench and has 17 voice lines about the scarcity of gasoline, Kyle Sandin. What in tarnation? What? Did I say what? Don't need to add a what? Yeah, the emphasis on the H is pretty important. Uh, and then rounding out the trio, we have a blind preacher who predicted this apocalypse convention way back in 2011, Brooks Nickel. I don't know who you are. Voice is just coming at me from... Nowhere, but told you it happened. Told, told you it would. Okay, is that out of the way? Is that done, Josh? Yeah, we're, we're done with that. Okay, okay, that's what I was about to add. Boxers, really? That's uh, you know, people have stupid name for like their subscribers. Yeah, but, in the box seems yeah, but, like a pretty bad name like, for people that would follow the podcast. It's I a spoof. It's parodies in mind when I hear trousers, boxers. and I'm thinking Muhammad Ali. So yeah. Both good things. Oh, yeah. High marks. No, I'm a brief man. I don't want to think about that every time I start this podcast. Yeah, and I refuse to wear underwear as they're just society's <laughs> way of restricting the male persona. Well, <laughs> uh, today we're going to so, be talking about um, Hunter's Gone Again. Hunter's Gone Again. We're going to talk about that first. Josh, you can't ignore he, our problems. Yeah, they don't just go away if you don't talk about them. Well, I'm just not going to talk about my co-host problems because ignore that my I'm the alpha co-host and I make them wait seven minutes to yep. start the podcast oh, every time Jesus because Christ. I'm the alpha and I like power plays. <laughs> you chewing a big old wad of gum over there? <laughs> <laughs> you got one leg ah! up on the on the kitchen chair, menacingly yeah. over us. We'll start when I goddamn say we will, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Anyways, what are we talking about today, Josh? Go ahead. It's your fucking show. Yeah. Thank you, underling. Um, so <laughs> today we're going to talk about Metro Exodus for our review. Um, we're well aware the game has been out for some time, but... Um, it came out before we started the podcast, and I think in an effort to cover a lot of the major releases um, before you know we would do an end of the year type thing. We're gonna take this week to revisit it and discuss it. Um, before we do that, Brooks, would you kick us off with a little section I like to call the news? So Apex Iron Crown Collection event. Mm. Very soon, boys and girls, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, um, August 13th through the 27th, and that is a solo queue. So a lot of people kind of wanted that. I personally would like to see the insanity of making the teams six-person teams, but whatever. <laughs> Let's cut it down to one. Um, so yeah, I think it's interesting that it is going to be a limited time event. Um, yeah, I don't... I think it's something, you know, if you're going to, I mean, hell, just 
Come on, just do it. Just put it out there. Yeah. Do you guys have any interest in this? Like, are you you guys think you'll? I think it'd be chaos as well. It it might be fun, but I'd have to try it out yeah. first. Ah, it's just gonna be a shit ton of raids. I just, yeah, around. you're gonna get caught in a bunch of crossfire all over the damn place. It's gonna be a bunch of love. yeah. I feel like it'll just be like Bloodhound and Wraith and uh, mm-hmm. fuck the fast guy whose name I can never remember. Octane. Octane, thank you. Yeah. Octane. But just gonna be a speed fest. It'll be cool. It'll it'll be cool. It'll inherently change the gameplay up a little bit. I think um, for some people. Yeah. Some people play kind of solo anyways but at least sure. you won't have two people dragging you down or saving your ass yeah so. I, I think it's you know I've, I've always kind of been glad in some ways that they, they didn't do solos just because you know like Overwatch so much of that game is based on teamwork and your pairings on, on heroes and kind of playing off of each other and not quite to the level of Overwatch, but it still has those mechanics. And it's, it to me, it's kind of a tough sell as a, as a solo game because it does just seem like a couple of heroes would just be completely abused and it would kind of take away from some of the overall diversity of gameplay as you're, as you're hopping in. But I, I think I would have rather seen duos uh, yeah, or, or just squads like, like four or like Brickshead six man. I'm sure. Let's, mm-hmm. let's try that out. I have more interest in that than than solos, because the game already is like you get third party so often that now you're going to get mm-hmm. fourth party, fifth party, sixth party all the time. I think it's going to be pretty. Ugh. I'm glad they're trying out a different team size or whatever, even though it's just solos. I, I I think it's good. It's time for them to kind of mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I feel like. I- this could be way, way off base, but I feel like their player count has to have dipped a little bit. But yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's I have a blast playing the game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, um, yeah. Usually we'll play until Josh gets angry that we're not as good as him and then we don't play anymore. But, you know, it. Yeah. That's not, other that's than the that, power play I do. Yeah, it's another power play Josh mm-hmm. does, but uh, that's not the focal point here. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying we don't play it as much. But I guess that doesn't mean uh, anybody else doesn't. Well, we don't because somebody got us on to Destiny. Yeah, another power yeah. play. Um, but yeah, speaking of a uh, <laughs> speaking of power plays, actually, Josh, a pretty sure. big power play, right? Coming from yeah, yeah. a pretty famous Fortnite streamer. That's yep. it. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Ninja fucking who, power play um, after power play. God bless. Yeah. Uh, the the man that you know he, he used to be like a professional Halo three player and that's kind of whenever he first gained a, a margin of notoriety but really, really? broke through um, with Fortnite that. and um, he he he's done a lot like worked worked his ass off over the last year and, and and really built out a brand I mean he's been on ESPN commercials he's been on the Ellen DeGeneres show you know I mean he's he's achieved a level of success that probably no other streamer has. Um, he looks kind of like Ellen DeGeneres too, doesn't he? He does also <laughs> kind of look like Ellen DeGeneres. I figured uh, I'd just get our, you know, annual, sure. not <laughs> annual, but uh, what I'm looking for here, every episode uh, celebrity suing us possibility in. So there you go. He looks like uh, Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> and so he um, decided to leave Twitch 
uh, for an exclusive deal with Mixer, which is a streaming platform owned by Microsoft. And he has garnered 1 million subscribers in his first week of doing that move. Uh, this kind of comes with a caveat. That's crazy. Um, Mixer was giving away subscriptions uh, to his channel. Obviously, he's going to lose a lot of those. Mm. Obviously, yeah. Mixer tends not to have near the viewership that Twitch does. I mean, Twitch is one of the most visited websites in the United States. I mean, it's within the top 10. And Mixer is a long shot away from that. And so probably on your high end of streamers with like regularity, I mean, of course, of, of course, like the, there's certainly things that get streamed more than this, but I would say like your big people like Shroud or Ninja or something on Twitch, they'd probably garner 40 to 60,000 viewers on a regular basis. Um, really a lot of times on Mixer, from what I've seen, like your more popular people, they may hit 4,000 to 6,000. And so it's, it's quite the move and it's, it almost feels like, um, oh man, I can't think of what, what Donald Trump's like football league was called that he tried to start, but like, like Doug Flutie leaving the NFL and going to play this like alternate version of football, you know, um, was it just the American football? What was that called? Do you remember? I do not remember that name. Anyway, like, like part of it is like, yeah. it's it's odd to see the biggest person on Twitch leave Twitch because so much of your potential for sponsorships is based on how many viewerships you you know how many viewers you have, and he's obviously not probably going to maintain as many viewers on Mixer, um, at, at least in the short term. He may build back up, as as he did on Twitch. So the money has to be incredibly good for him to leave that because he he knows he's risking marketing opportunities yeah. and stuff. Or maybe he's just looking for money that's you know that's stable, that's guaranteed. Well, that's not that he hasn't <laughs> tapped into yet or reaching more people some way, shape, or form. I don't know because the guy's got tons already. I mean, sure. Let alone just from I think sponsorships and stuff outside of Twitch. Obviously, that's his main thing. You know, that's the platform in which he puts his content out, but. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to be hurting from the from the transition at all. I, I don't I don't think he'd be hurting either. I mean, like I think it had to make a lot of economic sense for him to even do that in the first place because he's, he's yeah, seems to be yeah, pretty smart true. with his decisions. I, I it'll be interesting to see long term, you know, how if it's good for him or bad for him. Ultimately, I'm glad to see it, and that's mostly because yeah. Mixer really has a lot of like it's very high quality. It has some really cool features that Twitch doesn't have. And not many people use it comparatively, but it's a very nice service, very easy to use, very solid tech, like looks great. Um, Maybe he's thinking too, he'll be the, you know, take take it, be the face of it, make it his biggest Twitch, yeah. and then he'll yeah. have his name attached to that his whole life. Sure. Because that cool. very well could be. Twitch has just made a lot of kind of dumb moves and treated their performers their their clients essentially kind of poorly and haven't really had consistency in how they ban people and how they do i mean they've just had a lot of issues and mismanagement with their being run and they need somebody to challenge them to make them behave a little bit better and, and become uh, better business partners for game streamers um, so if nothing else maybe that'll this will be kind of a wake-up call to them I, I did yeah. notice that almost as soon as Ninja made the announcement, Twitch just deleted his subscribe button off his page, which is generally left up. 
which I thought was kind of like shitty and somewhat bitter. Like, yeah, I mean, because you know, in the short term, they would have still made money off. You know, I mean, eventually they would have taken that down. But like, it was so immediate that it seemed like this kind of fuck you to him, and uh, it probably means that any money that they still owe him, because I'm sure they still owe him some, he may have to make another account or may have to go through some type of hoop to get that money, because it just seems like they just kind of deactivated him on that front, and so. That's that's kind of between him and that company. I just thought it was kind of a bitter, shitty high school ex-girlfriend kind of thing to do. Speaking of shitty things to do, Josh. Sure. Kyle's got a cool little, little story for us about uh, some real real shitty things called loot boxes. <laughs> making <laughs> news again. Well, yeah, I thought yeah. you were going to say their move was shitty. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really change much. No. No, loot boxes in general are just shitty. Here, we're going to tell you how we're ripping you off. We're just going to put it right out there in plain daylight. So what's what's going on with the loot boxes? Give us the details. ESA says Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo will start disclosing loot box odds to inform players what they are buying or to better tell them what they are buying. That's, that's pretty good. much it. It's just, yeah, here's your odds at, what, at winning whatever's <laughs> in this loot box. <laughs> Yeah, and we've we've talked about that before, though. We we said that like if you're gonna do mm-hmm. it, that's the way to do it. So I'm I, I am glad to see some margin of improvement to that. I, I think it's a good mm-hmm. first step. And we're seeing I suppose uh, companies <laughs> take those their own kind of uh, initial steps toward moving away from that monetization model because of all the flack it's taking. So Kyle, uh, a company you've bought a lot of loot boxes from has decided mm-hmm. that they're going to discontinue that use right yes yep that's right rock league is ditching the loot boxes ah setting so kyle setting so <laughs> for the same reason because they're dedicated to creating the best possible experience for their players ah the same thing it doesn't change much like just just yeah. fucking make the loot better that's it just make it a little bit better <laughs> I already know I'm buying crap, probably. I honestly think the odds for the Rocket League crates are terrible, right? Like, we've all... Probably some of, yeah, I've gotten some try, stuff yeah, from I mean, We've got some yeah. great stuff. Yes, of course. Yeah. But, like, generally, it's, it's like than other decal, decal. Yeah, that's true. I honestly think they're a move to more of a, hey, buy this individual item will probably mm-hmm. net them a benefit like because they have some really cool I, shit. I like they have I shit i would pay money for that I, you know mm-hmm. I, I love that game i love a lot of their cosmetics i you know oh, um, yeah. i would buy specific stuff but i mm-hmm. i'd be less inclined to yeah that would keep be throwing random too. just each item you know that. here's a it's a dollar for this item you know whatever right because i know that like destiny they They've done better with their monetization since they've made the store where it's like you can buy specific cosmetics. And so yeah. I think far and away the bulk of the player base is not buying any fucking thing out of that, you know, because <laughs> no. Destiny has their their financial models largely based on the expansions. And, you know, mm-hmm. soon it's going to be the season pass kind of model. I guess they did that this last year, but it's going to be on a season by season basis. And so for, for them, that has worked a lot better than their stupid like buy a premium currency to buy more of these ingrams that'll give you a random chance at getting this stuff like they just didn't mm-hmm. do super well with that but you know whenever they 
make certain weapon skins for guns that people really like and armor skins for armor that's used a lot, you know, they, they're seeing a much better return. I actually see people having those items in the game, whereas I used to rarely see people have oh, yeah. those kind of exclusive Eververse type items um, in the game. So I, I, I think that's a good move for companies. Let people spend their money, know what they're getting yeah. kind of over the random Decent bullshit start, when yeah. it comes to real, real money. If you lock that random stuff behind an in-game currency or something that I, I do not have to pay for and, and we're we're cool. I honestly feel like they're gonna take a hit though if they do that. I know you say Destiny 2's been more successful, but I just God, I feel like there's a reason they're doing it and not sure. just offering uh, you the cosmetics at a price. Cause you're not <laughs> your your odds of getting those cosmetics are not great. Well, yeah, so, it's like buying yeah. trading so you cards. Keep buying well, I'm going to keep, keep buying, buying these packs yeah. so that I get something cool. Yeah. I think it depends. You know, and, and that may be a really good point. I think it will appeal to people who are probably not spending money now, and it may lessen the amount of money some of the people they've really relied on have spent in the game. I think it's the move that, like, with all the flat, like, they got to do, yeah, they gotta do they something. Because, you know, before, you know, people get so angry and they'll, they'll stop buying stuff that way. Just, uh, sure. I'm, I'm done buying this. So they're going to hurt in the long run. Brooks. I'll let you take the the helm on the the next story. This this is more of a, a serious story. We usually joke around in this podcast, but we felt like this is something we should discuss. But yeah, and I think we ought to start off, um, you know, by saying obviously there are tons of outlets out there right now for you guys to to go and donate um, to the communities affected in Texas and Ohio by the shootings over the the last week. Um, and maybe Josh can put some links up. Um, in the episode description, yeah, uh, some different ways idea. that you guys can get in touch and and donate. Um, and then I also think we should start by um, talking about you know it, mental health issues and and you know if you if anybody out there that comes across this podcast or is listening at all in any way shape or form or knows somebody they might need to reach out to, just um, there there are avenues for help with mental health issues as well out there. Um, not as many as there should be, but there are, and maybe we can get a couple of those up in the episode description as well. Um, but yeah, so, so the, the topic is, um, video games, violent video games being again, scrutinized, um, and blamed for a lot of these mass shootings that are, are occurring more and more frequently. Basically in, in the, in the political climate in the United States, almost any reaction to a tragic event like this is, is going to be seen as like it, the reaction is for political gain in some way. Like, like it's mm-hmm. just, it's such a toxic environment yeah. that almost no matter what people said, it would feel that way. That Absolutely. being said, whenever you, very you polarized. use the moment to just bring up video game, like blame it on video games. It seems like you're going in X, you're going out of your way to make a political statement or try to use a smoke screen from the issues that everybody knows are actually yeah a scapegoat because we we all know and it's well documented what the issues are that that lead to this it's 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 a it's a cultural issue and it's it's a a weird kind of fetishizing of of guns in this country And, and i'm not you know i'm not like a huge gun person but i'm not I'm not particularly anti-gun. I know a lot of people that, that, you know, love firearms and collect them and they're sportsmen with it. They hunt, you know, or they use it for self-defense. That's all cool by me. That's fine. Um, I'm of the personal opinion that obviously gun laws are 
something's fucked with them because this keeps happening and it really needs to continue to be scrutinized. But I, I don't want to be dismissive of people that, you know, really care about that because that, that is a part of this country's history and, and is very important to a lot of people. And, and, you know, the classic example is always like Canada because it has similar firearm laws and has mm -hmm. way less violence. So it's, it's something beyond just the laws, right. That, that, lead to it's this a, and, and as Brooke like, said it's it's a mental health problem. issues yeah it's it's people who are struggling there's no one way to to attack it honestly yes. mm -hmm. and so when you you try to put one thing on it like kind of and develop this us versus them mentality i i, I think there's almost immediately backlash and it doesn't matter what they try to do because people are like wait a second no 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 and man people fired back this week whenever um like Trump brought up video games almost immediately. Mm -hmm. um, and then, oh my goodness. Is it, I'm going to have to look at who the other guy was on Fox News. Uh, was the minority house leader that... Uh, Don't get me lying to you. I mean, it's, it's, it's been multiple people that have come out recently and, and put the blame on video games again. I just, I don't understand how anybody feels that we could put the blame on one thing. Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, I think it's it's just it, inherently it's within the American population. There's just something different. Um, it's always, it's always been an easy go to. They've done this thing since Columbine, for Christ's sake. Every time, it's, oh, it's yeah. video games. Like I've done papers on this since high school. Like no, 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 no. Yeah, it's it's video games, or it's music, or <sighs> it's the NRA, or you know, it's Trump. Or it's mental health, and when in all reality, it's it's probably all of this shit. It's it's right. all. Of, I mean, I think the, one of the biggest issues is the fact that you know we have to tread so lightly around even talking about the subject because we're so polarized as as a country. We, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, mm -hmm. I, I guarantee you that it's much harder to have a civil conversation today with somebody on a topic you disagree about, you, you disagree with them on, than it was ten years ago, twenty years ago. Sure. I mean. At some point, people have to start looking for some common ground. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, exactly. there are a lot of video games that I have played that I've even thought, this is far too graphic than it needs to be. There's right. a lot of movies that I see that I'm like, this is pandering to our you know, lust for violence and gore. But at yeah. the same time, <laughs> I mean, we used to, you know, there used to be gladiators and shit. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's just it's, yeah. that it's, it's kind of created these avenues for people to um, kind of kind of scratch these darker impulses without acting on them in a, in a, in a physical and, and real way with consequence. Right. I always think of my, my yeah. dad, his his father's my, my grandpa. He owned a store in Alabama. And this would have been like 1950s. And every Saturday, my dad tells me these stories all the time that. Uh, just like all the guys in the community would meet at this store and just beat the shit out of each other. And it was just for fun. Fight club. Right? Like they would just wrestle and fight. People would break bones. Teeth are getting knocked out. But it was like a way to kind of channel that kind of pent up bravado bullshit and, and just kind of throw it at something. You know, you can have different looks at video games on that. But, you know, you get a lot of your your aggravations and stuff out like you, you might shit talk in a video game or get frustrated or something like that i'll take that all day over having a physical altercation with someone 
you know, if that mm. lessens the amount of that or, you know, becomes a you should talk away, you know, I, I think that's a much better avenue to kind of take out that kind of stuff. I, I think it's a better alternative than, than what we've been seeing. But as you said, Brooks, you know, all of these different factors are probably playing a role to it to an extent. And you can't say some mm -hmm. single thing is leading to, you know, if, if these political leaders had come out and said, Hey, we see people with, they're suffering from psychosis or people that are emotionally abused or emotionally neglected and that they sink into um, like video game addiction or something, or really chase these power fantasies, it exacerbates the problem or something. I could, I could buy that. I would still want to see like, show me a study because <laughs> right like there's a yeah. lot of studies that we saw get referenced this week where people are like there's no correlation i mean there's 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 Ooh. correlation that they can show but it's not causation right no, it's like oh hey just, look this person was violent and they yeah. played video games well guess what a lot of people play video games and most of them are not yeah 99 drinks water yes but and so it's not causation it's not video game is a direct link it's like oh hey this person happened to play video games okay cool did they happen to watch movies did they yeah happen to get no treated I, shitty I, at school you know i, I mean I agree. I agree with you there there's it, it it almost just seems dumb to even blame it yes like i said yeah, does it maybe lend a hand sure sure but all of it does i don't know i i agree with what josh was saying i don't it obviously can lend a hand to oh yeah you developing pathways and shit in your brain that you you know violence triggers happiness. I get it, but at yeah. the same time, you could take Josh and I, and we play the same video games, watch the same movies, listen to the same music, and you go out and kill a whole bunch of fucking people. And I might not ever have desire to do that. What's the fucking problem there? Well, I guess it's not the shit that we were taking in. It's got to be yeah. something else. So, I mean, to me, I think, and and this is just you know my opinion, but the big fix is like I said, it's just mental health. You know, there has to be. There has to be something done about that before yeah. anything will get any better. Mm -hmm. And I, I really wish Hunter was on this week because I think Hunter would have a lot of good points, both for like the gun control aspect and then freedom of speech aspect. Because I, yeah. or we'd I have, have a 40 minute kind of... episode of Hunter's Angry Corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think he would bring a lot, of, a lot of good points here that we're, that we're probably not discussing. But, but one thing I, I want to say about it. And I, I'm not speaking for him, but I, I think like he would probably lead to something like this. And I, I think it's kind of important to say is, you know, with all this backlash, right? They come out, oh, video games is a problem. And everybody's like, no, it's you, blah, 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 blah. I think that is just as problematic to be like, nope, Donald Trump, it's you. You're the problem because of all the things you said. Because, you know, he's he's a controversial guy. He says crazy mm -hmm. shit. Whatever your opinion is on him, fine. The thing is, he didn't make this dude kill people in El Paso, right? That's there's <laughs> so many other factors going on. Now yeah. again, some of his language, some like that, you could argue, you know, you know, a lot of people reference the manifesto, and he uses a lot of language that's similar to things Trump said or similar to Fox News coverage. I get all of that shit, but there are so many other factors happening beyond that. That it is not, yeah. I, I don't feel good when people just turn it and they're like, oh, it's this person's fault. Nope. It's not buying that it's either. The same as, mm -hmm. It's the same as blaming video games. Blaming trust. Yeah, yeah. It is exactly the same. Blaming gun laws. Blaming mental health issues. I mean, it's not any one fucking thing. You cannot take one thing out and fix it all. You just yeah. can't. 
I mean, no matter yeah, wh- where you go down that down that path, you, you you cannot take one single thing away from the equation and fix it all. Yeah, I was playing. I can't remember what we were playing the other night. Um, I was talking to a friend of the show, Jacob, who I'm sure will be on at some point on this show. But he um, he was saying that like one thing that he always thought was kind of an issue is just that more than gun laws or access to guns, one one issue is just like how people look at it and it's moved away from being kind of this like sport type thing or hunting or just something you kind of do as a, you know, that, that kind of cultural aspect, that rural American kind of staple view of it is, has transitioned into something else. And that, that was a much healthier way and, and people were more, responsible and careful and stuff with weaponry at, at the time. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I, I don't really, you know, probably think in those terms too often, but um, I, I think he probably deserves some credit there. Cause I, I do think that there's, you know, probably the depictions of, of firearms in the United States, even in cinema and stuff. If you compared like 1950s, 1960s to now, you know, now weapons would be like gang violence or, you know, that sort of thing. And could be seen as is cool or subversive or something like that. And before they may have still been seen as cool, but they probably would have been seen as more of like practical or mm-hmm. tied to. Well, and I hate know, to be redundant. American adventurism or whatever. Yeah, I, I hate to be redundant, but it's it's still comes back to that same underlying factor. Just you you can't target one thing and and, and fix it all. It's just not possible. Yeah. yeah, things used to be yeah. different, but fucking society is not the same as it used to be. No, so you got to find something that works. You can't, can't. Yeah, and it's not going to be the same in fifty more years, right? So, I mean, it's, it, it, and it's a fair point, but it's just not. There's just not one one answer, but it's not blaming different shit all the time, <laughs> like we. Like, like, let's let's hash it out instead of just being yeah. like you're at blame. More, you know, responsible gun owners. You know, like you said, along that whole point. Yeah, people used to be able to talk about shit too. I mean, sure. you, you can't even have these conversations anymore. It's just, it's yeah. like it feels like you have to pick a side. And I feel like it, it, there's probably a study out there that shows this as a truth. But I feel like the majority of people aren't on a side. But everything in the yeah. media and everything that we see and digest is so polarized to one of those sides that you, you just don't, I don't know. It's just, there's got to be an answer out there. <laughs> I mean, we, we've got to formulate an answer somehow. Yeah, it's a mess. It, it is. But, you know, um, you see it on Facebook. Uh, you see it on Reddit and everything. But it's, I'm going to pull it up real quick because I want to want to share the actual words. It's that Mr. Rogers quote. He said, uh, to this day, especially in times of disaster, I remember my mother's words. And I'm always comforted by realizing that there are still so many helpers, so many caring people in this world. And um, I think, you know, with things as polarized as they are, it's, an, it's, it's important to remember that the people next to you, regardless of how they may carry themselves or act, are not that polarized for you. You know, the people next to you in, in the store, the grocery store, on the street, they're, they're not left or right. Everybody out there, I mean, is a human being. And we have to get to a point where we can have discussions 
and find ways to make it better. And blaming video games, you know, blaming gun control laws, blaming Trump, they're not the way to do it. They're 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 just us casting off what's really inherently wrong and trying to lay blame on something that we don't understand because we don't want to understand it. People are relating blaming to just doing something. Well, I did something, I blamed something. I, I don't need to do anything more. Yeah. Yeah, no. And you said it in your mind, well, I know what's wrong. I know what the what the solution is, but they won't see that. Well, maybe at that point, that's not the solution, and we need to find a middle ground. So hopefully something, you know, is done and it gets better, but I think America needs to do some some self-analyzing as a whole and realize that this is this is happening here a lot more in other places. Yeah, for sure. And uh, people in these other places are watching, playing, listening to the same media as as the rest of us. So I was about to say, I'm glad you mentioned the mental health at the beginning because I actually did just go to a funeral on Monday for a, uh, I'd say, a close family member. Not my family, but I'd call him close family. But he, uh, yeah, he committed suicide. And so, man, I think uh, I'm really glad you mentioned that. I think that would be good to put some links up for that stuff. Be sure to, yeah, check the description. We'll have that if you want to support the family. I also, the, the most loved ones, we'll, we'll have that on there. I also think. And then we can move off this topic, but it's something I want to add that I could be very wrong in this, but I feel like there's been an uptick in all of this, you know, mass violence against, you know, this domestic terrorism since like the internet's been a big thing. And I don't know if that's just because these, these people are going in there and finding like-minded individuals who they can share these ideas and stuff with. And then maybe there's a hundred of those people in there and this, you know, they're all talking about how they do it, you know, or what they do or what needs to be done. One out of those people, one out of those hundred people just, just is crazy enough to go do it. Just, just, yeah. And flip the switch one day and like, yeah. And I, I don't know. Like I said, I could be wrong. I just, I'm uh, sure it's, yeah, it's part of it. We shall move on from that necessary, but sad topic and on to a little bit happier topic, Josh vigor. Yes. So, um, vigor, um, it released last summer. Um, they did a thing. I think you could play a certain amount of it for free and it will be a completely free to play game by the end of this summer. Right now they kind of have like a founder's pack edition, which I think is only $20 if you want to go in, um, on it before it goes completely free to play before all of that, they're going to do a free event this weekend where you can play it as much as you'd like, um, is, is a game similar to, um holy shit how am i gonna remember that game do you like minecraft if you like minecraft vigor vigor where you you go into kind of these desolate areas in norway uh you loot for items and stuff and you have a home base and you kind of build up weapons and supplies stuff like that so you kind of go on these excursions and in these excursions you're competing against other players you can be a completely passive player you don't have to engage with them you can go in you can just loot stuff exit the map you're done but you know really where the the interesting element comes is those high risk high reward kind of plays where you're trying to get these um kind of care packages that drop in and stuff like that so you're fighting over them uh they've done a lot of updates in the last couple months they just did a big change to the weapon feel and gun balance and stuff like that so i'm kind of curious to test drive that myself um i played this a little bit last summer 
I haven't played it a ton in recent months, but uh, seeing it so close to the finish line, I think I'll definitely hop in this weekend and probably try to strong yeah, on I, one I'm or two of you guys to to, to play with me, and we'll we'll give our impressions of it next week. But you mean power play? That's it'll be a power play for sure. <laughs> you guys are gonna love it. Um, yeah, but it, it was a very solid game. It's made by the same people that make uh, Daisy and Arma. Um, Okay. So, good company, Bohemia Interactive. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how that game looks at release. So, it'll be fun to check out. And then, Kyle, if you will help us wrap up the news section by telling us a very important detail um, related to the upcoming Sonic movie. Yeah, let's let's give Kyle the Sonic the Hedgehog news. <laughs> God, the broccoli of news here. Hey, broccoli's <laughs> good. No, uh, some, some cheese on it, Kyle. <clears throat> excuse me, Jim Carrey just recently shared some concerns about the collective consciousness that led to the Sonic redesign. Hmm. And in his words, he said he doesn't know quite how he feels about the audience being in on the creation of it. He says sometimes you find that the collective consciousness decides it wants something, and when it gets it, it goes, okay, I don't want it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then he mm-hmm. called us as something you like. You ultimately end up with something like a Frankenstein monster. Yeah, or you, something. Yeah, you, you, yes, Frankenstein's monster at some point. Yes, yeah. What What do you think about this, Kyle? About about kind of uh, crowdsourcing I mean, he's not wrong. design? I think sure. it's, it's a tough spot. I mean, because you, you know, if you don't redesign it, and people don't like it, then there goes your your starting off your opening weekend. You know, your sales. But then you could redesign it. It could be really good. And then you could, you know up your opening weekend but it, you know it could also be a, a bad redesign and then just be worse than where you started pretty tough spot the thing is though that sonic's already out there just make it look like fucking sonic <laughs> mm. and also fuck jim carrey that's just jim well. carrey wanting to show everybody he's thinks he's fucking smarter than them that's that's jim, that's <laughs> like fucking jim carrey's mainstay man I don't know. I think he just got asked by a reporter and gave him a response. Yeah, I don't know. That's what did he do to you, Brooks? I just don't. I just, did he do something to you as a child? No, yeah. Brooks really loves the Grinch <laughs> and was not super thrilled. I just like <laughs> Jim Carrey. No, no, no. no. I'm, not, I'm not an actor. I don't under. I and I, maybe I shouldn't speak on this. That this is you my just opinion. play one on TV. Mm-hmm. And this is our our podcast. It's an outlet for our opinion. Uh, I just they're good method. Oh, actors. my opinion. You know, well, yeah, Josh's opinion. Mm-hmm. They're good math, method actors. You know, Daniel Day Lewis, um, some of these about fucking it. other people. Uh, yeah, and then there are bad method actors, Jim Carrey, and it's just like, dude, just you don't have to. Like, I don't know. Watch me and Andy. It's a documentary about when he played Andy Kaufman for Men on the Moon, and just listen to him explain away his erratic behavior as method acting and watch how he sits in this fucking chair and the facial expressions he makes. He just, he thinks he's smarter than you, Kyle. He you knows he's smarter than you personally and Josh personally and me personally. And just, well, uh, just want Sonic list. Jim Carrey. God damn it. It's movies. It's not, not like people are not me you, watching any of them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. 
I guess if people were like, oh, Jim Carrey is not Dr. Robotnik, like cast somebody else. And then they fired Jim Carrey and cast somebody else because people didn't want to see Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik. Like that's one thing. But this is a damn CGI blue hedgehog that runs really fast and has been a mainstay for years and years and years in the Sega community. And you got a picture of him. Go ahead and just make him look like Sonic. It ain't hard. I think using a real life factor, it, it can get difficult. To and that's all I got to say about it. But, well, with their budget anyway, probably. I'm sure if you had a bigger budget, you could do some good CGI or whatever. Yeah, remains to be seen what, what they ultimately end up yeah. with and whether it was a good thing or not. But yeah. I, I don't, like you said, I don't disagree with his response. I, I think generally, you know, we've seen it. We've even talked about it on this podcast before when, when game developers lean too heavily on suggestions from their player base. You get this all all the sense of, of like careful design and everything that went into it gets lost and you just have this mishmash of kind of bullshit trying to appease everybody and then the game mm-hmm. fucking falls apart. So Bodie um, McBoatface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there was no careful design going into that Sonic character when we saw it the first time. That is yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. Um but we'll we'll ramble on here, um, talk a little Metro Exodus. Um Bricks and I hopped into that this week and gave it a go bricks let's start with wait like the opening hour of the game probably i've never in my life went so fast from fuck yeah i'm gonna put my teeth into this juicy game to uh all right well (laughs) yeah yeah done playing this well what about wolfenstein last week that was pretty quick no, I mean, that was, no. a, uh, I'm going to heartily try this. Oh, uh, this is kind of fun. Oh, uh, this is really stupid. Okay, yeah, this is a fucking awful game. This was like, this was like, god damn, this is, this is going to be really, really cool to, Jesus Christ, just, just let me, <laughs> let me get on with the cool thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was kind of heartbreaking because you feel like that game was literally a minor tweak away from being really good. Yeah, because it, it's interesting because, you know, the, all their previous entries had been very linear experiences. They're solid games. And and really, if they had just stayed in that lane and done the same thing, I think yeah. they would have a game of the year contender. I think it would be superb because that opening hour of the game is incredible. It's engrossing. It's the uh, the one thing the game does well, and they even do this well when things kind of slow down. Is just total immersion and commitment to the world they've established. So you're Absolutely. you're in these irradiated environments and stuff. So you're having to wear you know masks to pr- protect yourself. You're having to switch out filters. If you fall in some mud or something, you got to wipe off the mask. If you get attacked and your mask gets damaged, you know that you hit an action to put duct tape on the mask so you can keep breathing. You know. Um, you know, there's all these little touches. You you use a lighter to burn up cobwebs when you're in an area that's been abandoned for a long time. Just so you can kind of move a little more freely through them. Um, there's all these really nice touches that sink you into that world. And and from a you know from a story front, some of the dialogue's a little cheesy. Um, some of it's kind of tropey. I'm not you know it's not perfect, but Things I like, I like the husband and wife mechanic for the most part. I think well, I like seeing it, has it being more. Sense. Yeah, I, I like I like seeing the husband and wife being like equal partners, both being like very capable um, fighters and decision yeah. makers and stuff like in, in battles like that. Like that that kind of adds to this nice mechanic where there's emotional gravity because you you know it's your wife and you're trying to help her and all that kind of stuff, but she's also helping you and 
there's like a nice thing there. I like the camaraderie between your group. Um, they seem like really sincere and, and eager to hang out with you and stuff like that, which is nice. And it's not like over the top where it's like, oh my goodness, you're the best hero of all time. They seem more like just good buddies, which is a, a nice touch as well as you're kind of going through the, the world. Um, but kind of how the story opens, you, you're a person who really believes there are still communities outside of this small community in the, inside the metro in Moscow because there's a nuclear war. Your community kind of went underground. It's been radio silence. You think you're basically the last people left in the country and um, you don't know any different. But your character is insistent that there is life outside of that and he wants to find it and everybody else thinks that's really foolish you eventually find other people but it's this other kind of military group and through a kind of a rescue mission you you end up damaging a radio jammer and then it comes up where there's there are all these other communities across the country it's just the government's been <laughs> jamming the signal because they're afraid that enemies would see like oh people are chattering in this area or this area drop bombs here and so it adds this really nice mechanic i feel of like making an old world kind of seem new right like oh we're gonna go to all these former pinnacles of, of civilization and, and they might be kind of bombed out or destroyed but they're gonna seem very new from the the lens of your character because they've been underground their whole life yeah um, and and i think that was a really nice touch um so all of that stuff really good and the first hour gameplay like the momentum is just there like your shit keeps escalating and like you you just like man i can't great. wait to see what it looks great the Feels environments great. are beautiful the gunplay is super nice the recoil is like perfect the differences in how weapons feel is very tangible and when you upgrade them or change them you you certainly notice things like like all of that very very good graphics are really good and there were like i'm, I'm playing it on the one X, we're explaining on an 1S, and like there were some differences just in like the stability of the game. I know Bridger's yeah, crashed a couple times, crashed like a couple that, times. So you might and keep I have that in mind. Internal, so yeah, you, you might keep that in mind external. if you're looking to play it. Um, yeah. It may may go down on you um, a few times, but I didn't have any. I had I think one kind of minor buggy thing happened to me. Um, but I didn't have it like where the game crashed. I just had a thing where basically I lost the ability to do kind of my in-game actions because I got close to like triggering kind of a, uh, a somewhat cutscene type thing, but then I didn't nope. do the action and then I lost all my ability to like function yeah. in the space and that I died just because I couldn't switch out a gas mask because I, I couldn't use any of those um, contextual actions. Just a few minor bugs aside, looks great, plays very well. The, the issue we, we were discussing at the beginning is you have this very linear experience and then you hit kind of this half open world type area. And there's there, I can't remember how many there are. I think there are five or six kind of bigger spaces in the game. The game is not really completely open world, but you play in these large set pieces and, and you do kind of multiple missions within them. You'll kind of come back to a hub um, area while you're doing these and, and get kind of the next steps. And man, that killed the momentum of the game. Yeah. Like, and it, it started to feel very like grind, like not maybe not grindy, but it felt like very task oriented. Go get me this. 
go find this person go whereas before it was like felt like an actual like survival and it was scary mm-hmm. kind of intense and now it was like and right, you could have done all the same missions just put them on rails yeah just take me through it don't make me have to go here and find it just just take me through it yeah because that's when the environments in my opinion look the best is when it's forcing you down a corridor and not when it's you know hey there's you can come into this place from just about any direction right um but i think that's kind of the the flip side to that collective conscious jim carried fucking coin is that you have these game companies that are just saying like hey, everybody likes open world make it open world yes no, it, it just it does not everything has to be everything yeah you can have these you know it, it's nice to play a 20 30 hour on the real shooter sometimes it's kind of like yeah. gears yeah like a path. yeah yeah, yeah, just just or or like those first couple Wolfenstein remakes. Just push me through it. Let me enjoy what you've put here for me, and I promise you, I will not complain if it's done well. And and that's how I feel about this Metro game. Is if it would have just pushed me through that spot instead of making me try to figure out how to how to get there and do this and that. It, it's like that's not time well spent in that game. But other than that, I mean, it it was a good game. Yeah, <laughs> I say that yeah. it was a good game. What I played of it was fun. It yeah, it was just I couldn't get past that one little downfall. Sure, sure, and I I still think you know compared to a lot of the things that have come out this year, I I still think it would be near the top of my list of, of games that have come out this year. That's mostly kind of because yeah, yeah, most most because it's been a terrible year so far uh, for game releases. But um, it's still like what it. Uh, what it does well, it does exceptionally well, and and it and does stand out. And honestly, like like you said, if, if they just made it a little more linear, I think it would be a damn fine game. And it just kind of misses the mark by trying to go that open world route and and not completely nailing that portion. But um, I think we should we should probably stop there. I mean, we're, we're getting kind of long winded this episode. We had a lot of news to discuss, so. Yes, I agree. <laughs> but um, Brooks, if you don't mind, why don't you end this episode as we end every episode by telling us what's in the box? It's a uh, step stool and a watch, Josh. <laughs> so next time you might be able to get down off that soapbox of yours and be here on time. Oh, wow. <laughs> that pedestal oh. you put yourself on. <laughs> oh, man. That was my power play. That was a good one.